Welcome into the annual Over Under podcast. Um, I said earlier, I am back to reclaim claim my crown. What crown? And Buck Sanders said the exact same thing. Did you ever have a, cl- a crown? A clown, yes. A crown, no. I did not. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. <laughs> Uh, we're going to shoot the breeze for a bit until Greg Barnes is able to join us. Greg's been seeing the world, and uh, we're, we, we will uh, reschedule every time to get Greg Barnes involved. I can't talk tonight, boys. I've been watching a lot of Carolina football stuff on TV. Um, Buck, how are you? And let me ask you this. How excited are you to be a part of these podcasts with all of us? Uh, just titillating, really. Uh <laughs> That it? That that's uh, all. What we, more can I add? It's just I mean, it's excitement plus. That that word scares me a little bit. I'm not going to repeat it. Vip, I mean, you're down in South Beach, um, and you're hanging out with us on the Inside Carolina podcast. I mean, how how? Oh, and by the way, I saw your jersey in IP3 today. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be up there. There's also one in uh, Pantana Bob's too. If you're ever <laughs> in the late night crowd at, at Bob's. Yeah, I, I love the over-under pod. I came in second last year. I'm sure John will get into that. I, I hit at a 66% clip, but, you know, I, I'm not happy. I've been reviewing the tape, seeing what we could have got better, uh, and I think that's kind of what separates me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not tape. satisfied. Yeah, I burned the tape. Jason, get in here. Uh, you know, I, I think you might have won this one last year, but we, like Vip said, we are reviewing the tape. And we were making sure that John Bowman uh, actually tallied the scores correctly. Yeah, the tape don't lie, so I, I feel comfortable. There is Greg Barnes. Greg, what's happening, man? Hey, boys. Greg joins us uh, from his home now, but he's probably traveled how many miles to get here? Uh, 4,400. It's like 3 a.m. for me right now, so uh, See, could the, the get dis- wild tonight. The disappointing thing for me is that Greg didn't take his headset and, you know, stuff to, to podcast when he was seeing the world. It feels irresponsible to me. Well, I agree. I felt bad about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have a podcast live from the pyramids in Egypt, you know, and see you see you sitting out there doing it. A fun fact and shout out and he knows who it is when he listens to this, but he's probably not listening to it now because he's on the other side of the world. Uh, Inside Carolina came up in a bar in Iceland, Buck. That's how far your uh, vision reaches. A bar in Iceland. Somebody mentioned Inside Carolina or saw an Inside Carolina hat and said they love the podcast and love what we do. So got I'm a lot surprised of you're surprised by that. I, it's a lot of pressure, you know. I, I'm from a small town. John Bowman, help me out here. Review last year's stats so we understand where we are. That's right. I uh, I want to take a second to say I did not take a single math or science class at UNC, so there's a very high chance there's some incorrect <laughs> numbers here. Um, but with that being said, we're looking at last year's board. Jason took first place with 15 out of 18. Uh, Taylor, you came in, in second place, as you alluded to then Buck, then Greg, then Tommy, and we're not going to say who's last. Uh, Jason was the only one who was brave enough to go over on Drake May touchdowns. That was very uh, much a good call. Um, And then another one that I wanted to call out, uh, Taylor, 
Travis Shaw under snaps was another big winner. You're the only one to get that right uh, last year. So I have the board up here uh, for this season. We're going to be going through all 18 of these tonight. A call out as well on the message boards. I put a Google form out. So tonight you can go along and you can make these picks with us. And I'll be calling out what the Inside Carolina community picked as we go through the, the, the field tonight. Uh, so, Tommy, I'm excited to get going here. Yeah, that's that's cool. And if if my microphone does not sound great, I tried to fix it. I saw the comment in the chat. I've been um, at CHL this afternoon working on some special deals for the Inside Carolina Live show on Saturday on the game days. Um, so, also, if if you can't hear me correctly, then let me know again. I think I fixed it. Um, but number one on the board. The Gregory Hall special. <laughs> We're going to start this off. Shout out to Gregory Hall. Love him. He's probably watching now somewhere in uh, High Dollar L.A. Desmond Evans Sachs. Here's how we're going to do this, boys. We're going to go 30 seconds. Everybody gives their answer and has 30 seconds. Buck, you have the right to throw up the hourglass if we go over that. I have a mute power. If you want to expound on your response, you have two opportunities to do so. It's kind of like challenges um, to bad calls. You have two tokens to spend on this entire show to expound beyond the 30-second rule. We're going to start with Desmond Evans. I'm going to go to Buck Sanders since you're first on the list. Buck, 2.5 sacks for Desmond Evans, over or under? I'm going under. Um, I'd like to go over, and maybe Ted Monacino is going to make a huge difference there. But he's a senior, and he has one career sack. So I, I'm going with uh, with that marker because anything else would be a triumph of hope over experience. Jason Staples, Buck Sanders followed the rules. I need you to do it too, my friend. Over <sighs> under 2.5 Desmond Evans sacks on the season. And just for the record, we're talking about regular season known games. So if they play in the ACC championship, play in a bowl game, play beyond that, whatever, we're talking about 12 regular season games here, folks. We've set the over under for Des Evans at 2.5. Jason. I've been debating this one since this message got sent out. Um, I'm I'm going to take the gamble. I'm going to go over here. Taylor, you're up. Yeah, for him to do this, uh, as Buck alluded, he would have to triple his career sack total. Uh, he also mentioned the the Monticino impact, and I've I've heard that uh, from a lot of people inside the program. Uh, but this is this is one where I I would be happy to be wrong, and I'll take the under. Um, just because I'm kind of at the 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 show me stage with with Des Evans and his production. Fair enough, Greg Barnes, get in here. First first comments on stateside soil in a while. Two and a half for Desmond Evans. Yeah, I'm going under as well. Uh, and one thing that I'll look at when I try to kind of judge potential with this type of stuff is. How often are they actually getting close to the quarterback? You know, it's difficult to get sacks, but how many times are you hitting the quarterback? How many times are you creating hurries? Uh, Desmond Evans last year in 267 snaps had five hurries. 
that's not good at all. I mean, that's that's you know, just bothering the quarterback just a little bit. He did that five times in eight games. Uh, so so I've I've got under. He's going to have to prove me wrong. Uh, and as everybody else has said, he hasn't done that his entire career. So he's got a lot to prove this year. Whew. I guess that brings it to me. Uh, I've seen the young man in the couple media availabilities at practice. Um, the way I'm looking at it, he should be able to get two and a half sacks just by rolling out of bed on the correct side. I'm going with the over for Desmond Evans. Not going Gregory Hall 10, but I'm going over two and a half. That leaves you, John B. Well, first of all, I want to say that I got vetoed on this one. I wanted to set the line at 10. Uh, Tommy said that that was not allowed. I wanted to give us one one free one. Uh, so I'm going to go with the under here. Tommy, you said you're going over. I'm going over two and a half for this. And let me give you America's pick right here. The IC community was very optimistic. 84% of Inside Carolina uh, poll submitters picked the over. So that's pretty surprising to me. Uh, Tommy, do we want to jump to Cayman Rucker? We will jump to Cayman Rucker. So I wanted to have one in here that uh, somebody mentioned at the – we'll probably do it anyway, but somebody mentioned um, at availability, wanted to see what we put Cayman Rucker at. We have decided Cayman Rucker over under – 5.5. I'll start at the bottom and go to the top. John, you're up. Cayman Rucker over under five and a half. I've been watching a lot of tape. You think, you know, the thing that stands out about Cayman Rucker from last season and his body of work is he just has a relentless motor. I feel like that's going to stand out this season. He's going to get a few sacks that way. So I'm taking the over on Cayman Rucker. The over. I will go under on Cayman Rucker simply because. Um, he's going to split some reps with Amari Gaynor, and I think the other guys will get a little bit of work. I think what he had last year, three and a half, um, maybe four and a half. He could he could push five and a half, but I'm going to stay with the under. Greg, you're up. Yeah, going back to what I was talking about with Dez in terms of Dez only had five hurries last year in eight games. Uh, came on Rucker played twice as many snaps as, as Dez, had five times as many hurries. He had 26, 26. which which is pretty solid. And I, I think if, if you've watched Kamon play the last couple of years, that's not really surprising. I think he's going to be over. Um, I really think you know he kind of showed out a little bit end of last year when Noah Taylor got hurt. I think Rucker will probably get a little bit more uh, opportunities this year. And so I have him as over. Interesting take there. I love how Greg breaks it down so, you know, on the granular level. I just look at the dude and say, he looks like he could get some sacks. Um, so I'm taking that. Uh, Taylor, over under Rucker with five and a half. Yeah, I, I'm taking the over on this. I think Rucker is somebody, the more tape you watch him, the more you wish you had 11 of him on, on the football field at all times. Um, I think he has – out of everybody for this Carolina defense, I think he has the most double-digit uh, sack potential. Uh, so I'll gladly take over five and a half if I think he could get to ten and kind of have that Tamon Fox type season that that you saw early on in uh, when Mac Brown first came back. Jason, what you got? Five and a half for Rook. I think that's right on the number. I mean, I'd almost want to push here, but uh, you know, I no pushes. 
Yeah, I mean, I had, I think in my scouting report, I said a handful of sacks, which would be five. So, um, geez. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt again. I'm going to go with over here. Over on Rucker. So, it looks like I'm standing out here on an island, Buck. Cayman Rucker, five and a half. You're going to keep standing on an island, too, because I'm taking the over. Um, And one of the things we have nobody mentioned so far is that he's sort of moved positions a little bit from last year. Um, he's playing the Jack position and they had him in on some rush packages and so on. So, uh, you know, they did some things with him last year, but this year he's going to be in a spot where, um, he can, um, I think do more damage. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with the over here. The over, so I stand on an island. We will call it Huzzy Island. How about that? We'll get to him in just a minute. Um, you know, while we're on the sacks, uh, I think that this team has to be better. Vip was clowning John and I. I believe, did we say over 35 sacks last year? Yep. What did uh, what did they have, 17? 16 in, in the regular season. Yeah, so. Um, just a off. A little bit off now. Let's go through these just sacks. Just a little bit outside. Just, yeah, just, uh, you know, I expected more. I mean, am I the only one, folks? folks Could have played two seasons and they wouldn't have got it still. <laughs> Did they get 35 hurries on the season, Greg, since you're in the numbers? Rucker had 26 alone, so yeah. I don't know. It wouldn't have been – I doubt it was many more than that. Anyway, Amari Gaynor. Buck, we're, going, we're doing a snake draft. So, Amari Gaynor, four and a half. He did not come to, from Florida State to – get four and a half I don't think but your take on what Gaynor might do this year it, I'm going with the over uh to end the suspense but it's going to be interesting because they're they're splitting the position and uh but a good part of the day I watched as many uh Gaynor highlights as I could watch and he's a hell of a ball player um and and so I, I think he could easily get four and a half um Yeah, I'll just leave it there. Leave it there. Yeah, we're about to have to flip the hourglass on Buck <laughs> Sanders. Window. That's why I was avoiding it. <laughs> well, you have a token. You know, you can push. That's no, okay. I won't use minutes. it there. <laughs> Jason, a Florida State, a fellow Florida Florida State Seminole, Amari Gaynor, four and a half. Ooh, it's another. T- whoever set these lines this year did a great job. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the under here. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be real close. I, to me, it's the splitting, splitting the position thing, and that's that's where I keep, keep running into the problem. So you know, he and Rucker are going to probably split for about nine, but I'm going to give Rucker the benefit of one. But I could be totally wrong on this one. I'm, I have no confidence about any of these three. Did y'all just hear that? Jason Staples admitted on live podcast that he could be wrong. Wouldn't so. be the first time, Tommy. When? When? We'll have to check the tape. Taylor Vipolis over under on Amari Gaynor. I'm also going to go with the under for Gaynor, um, but I think he he kind of fits into that Rucker category where the more you watch him, the more you wish you could find ways to get him on the field because he is a guy who um, you look at his first year at Florida State when he had three and a half sacks, and he's going to be playing. A, a similar role and he's going to have the opportunities this year. Um, but I, I just don't like how, how 
sack dependent we are early on for a team that only had 16 sacks. And I, I think there is still um, legit concern there. Um, so when push comes to shove, I'm, I'm leaning more under for, for sacks. All right. That, uh, Greg, I see you puzzle, uh, studying the numbers. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of hype for, for Gaynor, and, and Jason can tell me if I'm, I'm dead wrong here. But just looking at his career body of work, and I am not – I'm not seeing it. Um, I think he's kind of been a, a specialist at times in his career. But when you look at uh, his, his opportunities and his production in terms of the, the sack stuff, uh, I, I think he's going to have to have a great year to have four and a half. So I've got under. Oh, me, I won't be on an island because I get to stay on that island with Buck Sanders. I'm going over. I think I'm looking at a 10 split with Rucker and Gaynor. Um, and I think they they fairly evenly split them depending on the reps that they get. So I'm going over four and a half for Gaynor. John B. Before I do mine, I want to catch us up on some American picks. We were really split on Cayman Rucker. It was, uh, let's see, 50.7% under, 49.3% over. So right on the line. Uh, in this case with Amara Gaynor, everyone believed a little more strongly in the over here, around 60% on the over. Me, myself, I'm going under for some of the same reasons we talked about. I think he's more of a situational guy, um, and you know, I'm leaning towards the under on sacks after what happened with me last year. I'll knock out uh, Miles Murphy as well. For me, I'm taking this under. That's a high number for a, a defensive tackle, even someone as good and as productive as Miles Murphy. Tommy, what's your take on Murphy's sack number? Uh, I'm going to go over for Murphy. Fun story. When we did Inside Carolina Live after the um, spring game, I guess it was last year, not this past spring, but the spring before, um, Murphy was visibly upset with us that we did not include him on the uh, prior over-under sack list, so we didn't even list him. Um, so I'm going to give him uh, a shout-out to that, and he was right. I'm going to go over two-and-a-half sacks for Miles Murphy on the 2023 season. Greg? Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Uh, Miles was banged up a lot of last year, um, and I think with uh, Vahasek being gone, they need Miles to step up. If this defense is going to take any kind of step forward, it starts in the middle. Uh, and I know Hester is a, a key part of that, but I, I think Miles Murphy's the best player Carolina has on the interior. And um, I think he's got to have a really good year. So I do think it'll be close. John's right. You, you're talking about a lot of sacks for a defensive tackle, but I think Murphy's going to have that kind of year. Taylor, what you got? Same thinking as Greg. I'm going to take the over. Um, I just think there there's too much of a need for him to be disruptive inside uh for this Carolina defense to for him to not reach that number. Jason, come to you. I want to go a little longer on the next category with you, but Miles Murphy, two and a half sacks. So he was he may have been upset about that last year, but how many sacks did he have? Yeah. One. Last year. One or two? He had zero. Oh, ESPN has him one. Okay, so he, I mean I'm I'm looking at uh I'm looking at pro football focus. I guess ESPN has him with one. Um so maybe you shouldn't have been about mad about that last year. That said, 
he was banged up pretty early in the year. And I think that impacted him a lot. And I think he's going to be maybe the biggest beneficiary of uh, what they're doing up front a little bit differently this year. I think he's going to go over on this. Uh, he, he had four sacks the year prior in 2021. And I think he exceeds that number this year if he stays healthy. Yeah, and I think he's he. I agree with that, the healthy part of it. Buck, you're up on Miles Murphy, two and a half. Under. Uh, I'm I'm curious how Greg came around to his understanding on this because um, Murphy had three quarterback hurries last year. Um, you know he he does a, a fairly decent job of penetrating at times, but I haven't seen uh, the ability to close in the sack category from him yet. So. Uh, I'm just going to play it safe here. And I picked everybody else uh, over except for Dez, so I'm just hedging my bets here. All right, Buck, stay with you. The 25 team sacks. We've got what? – what is that math right there? Ten. That's 15 between those four guys on the – you know, on the on the mark there. 25 team sacks for this this bunch that had 16 last year in the regular season. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing about – what they had last year, um, the entire depth chart at the Jack position only produced three and a half sacks and none after the Miami game on October the 8th. Um, I think they're going to get a lot more production out of the Jack position this year. And, and they have talked about, uh, also, um, with the Jack position with Rucker and Gaynor, both of them could be on the field at the same time in uh passive situations so that's going to mitigate a little bit the um the fact that they have to split that position so uh i'm going to go with the over <laughs> i got choked up saying that uh, <laughs> because uh you know gene chizik's history of racking up sacks at north carolina is not illustrious but uh i'm going to go with i'll give him the benefit of doubt and say he's uh, he's over 25 this year. Scott Holland's uh, remark there on the screen, they don't blitz enough, sort of sets up, Jason, where I wanted you to go. I want, I want your over-under here, but I want you to also sort of – I think we can refute that a little bit, but – or Scott Holland's thing a little bit, but just talk about what you saw at the availabilities that lead you to believe whichever way you go here. And I'll, I'll give you my token so you can push it. Yeah, I won't need the token. Um, main thing here, last year, do you know what the number 12 uh, rank, uh, the, the 12th team in the ACC in sacks, you know how many sacks they had? I had this stat. 27? 27. <laughs> and that was Boston College. This is how low the bar is. Yeah, so can they finish above the third worst in the conference in sacks? I look at what they're doing in practice. I look at the personnel – and look, if that if they get below 25 sacks again this year, there's there's serious problems that need to be addressed beyond beyond this. Now, again, I think pressures matter much more than sacks. But when you're looking at, you know, can they exceed Boston colleges, not even exceed, can they come close to Boston colleges sack production last year? I, I think the answer is the over. Yeah, you take the over here. Good point, Taylor. Yeah, J Jason kind of stole some of my thunder, saying that <laughs> 25 sacks still would have been 13th out of 14 teams in the ACC. Uh, with the sacks, I, I just think it's it's 
I'm in the the show me stage, so I'm going to take the under. Um, a, a team that had 16 sacks in in 12 games last season. Uh, I don't I don't want to jump the gun and say they're going to get nine more sacks in, in the same amount of games with uh, essentially the same players. Um, so I'm taking the under. Question for you, Vip. How many sacks did North Carolina have in 2021? I did not look that up. 29. 29. Oh. I. With younger personnel than yeah. and, and many of the same guys that they're bringing on to, onto the field this year, so I think uh, I, I will. I will say that Jay Bateman is more aggressive on defensive play calling than Gene Chizik by certainly, you know, a lot. Yeah, watching the the All ACC access before this <laughs> kind of scarred me when they were throwing up some of those defensive numbers. Where it's bad, yeah. Greg Barnes, the master of the numbers, over under 25 team sacks. Uh, Buck hit on this, but I'll provide some depth to it. Uh, last year, Carolina had 17 sacks in 14 games. They also had 17 sacks in the regular season. So that tells you they had a big zero against uh, Clemson and Oregon. They, they, had, they, had, they had a sack against or, uh, Oregon. Uh, came in Rucker, or Rucker had one. Did they? Okay. Yeah, they had Just 16 the... in the regular season and 17 overall. Cause yeah, of... I remember Rucker got one because he he beat one of one of Oregon's all everything uh, offensive all right. linemen. That was that was and fun I'll, to break down I'll this re- year. I retract my uh, my poor joke then. Um, but they had 17 last year, 16 in regular season. If we go back to the prior opportunities that we've had with Gene Chizik back in 15 and 16, in 2015. Carolina had 23 sacks in the regular season. 2016, they had 22 sacks in the regular season. Uh, so that's, what, about 21 sacks average in the regular season during Gene Chizik's first three years at Carolina. That's brutal. Are we, are we really thinking they're going to make that big of a jump given what he wants to do? Now, I guess the, the change there is, is the talent so much better that it can be more productive, or is he going to change his – schemed just enough to be more effective up front. Um, I'm going to have to see it before I can believe it. And so I'm going with under on the sack total. Mm. Y'all got me gun shy on the, I was going to go <laughs> over. Um, but I, I, I'm going over. I'm, I'm riding it out. I'm going over. 12 and 0 Tommy's back. <laughs> My question is, can this defense be significantly better if that is an under. No. John B., there you go. First of all, I want to shout out real quick. Let's see. It was Skywalker54 and Max MRNB1 on the message boards who helped us with this uh, over-under and this number. So shout out to you guys for providing it. I'm going with the under. Another one of those fool me once, uh, fool me twice situations after my pick last year. And the inside Carolina community, again, actually really split on this one. The under one with 52% of the vote. So I'll start uh, noting these here in this far right column. By the way, if you're listening on podcast form and you want to keep track of all this, go to the YouTube. We have a spreadsheet up, so it's a lot easier to see all this. Switching over to the big transfer of the offseason for the North Carolina Tar Heels, Elijah Huzzy. Everyone on the message boards loves him, but they don't believe in his interception ability. They went with the under 66% of them did. Uh, Me, myself, I am going to go with the over. 
I believe in what Huzzy can bring to this defense. Tommy, what do you say about North Carolina's transfer cornerback? Um, here's what I see with him. I mean, every player we've talked about talks about him. Every player on the players' lounge mentions him. Uh, the coaches mention him. I remember when Dre Bly was a freshman, he had 11. How many did Dre Bly, and I don't have it in front of me, so y'all could say any number you want, but how many did Dre Bly finish his career with? It wasn't much. It, he didn't have 11. He didn't come close to 11 again um, while he was at North Carolina. 20. So, so he had nine in two more years. My point with this comment is that Hussey's getting all the hype. Other teams pay attention to that. Do they challenge him? Or do they stay away from him and pick on uh, Marcus Allen, Tayon Holloway, and whoever else? I'm going to go with the over just because I think teams will at least start out the season challenging him and challenging North Carolina on that edge. Greg. Uh, the last North Carolina cornerback to have more than three and a half interceptions was? Kendrick Burney. He had five in 09, but no, somebody more recent. MJ Stewart. MJ Stewart, 2015. He had four. Um, I'm going under. Uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty good line, as Jason said earlier. I think that's a good number to shoot for. I just think saying the kid's going to get four sacks or four interceptions is going to be – it's going to be tough. So, I'm, I'm going under. Taylor, what you got? Elijah Huzzy over under three and a half uh, INTs. I'm going to go under. I think it's uh, a two-factor thing. One, I don't think Carolina is going to generate the pressure as I already took under 25 sacks. And then I also think, Tommy, it could be a bit of what you had mentioned um, where teams learn to to not test him early if, if he's as good as a lot of people think. Uh, so factoring both those in, I have the under. Jason, a lot of good points so far over under on Huzzy. We, if folks are watching this and haven't read Jason's uh, reviews and evaluations and listened to our podcast about it, the man likes Elijah Huzzy a lot. Big and time. I, he is a big time player. But anybody have any idea how many uh, INTs led the conference in 2022? Seven. Six. Six. Cameron Kinchins, who's a, uh, a safety for Miami. And then uh, the second was uh, was Aiden White for NC State, and then and he had four. And number three in the conference in INTs was three, and that's shared by quite a few. And the prior year, the 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 most INTs in the conference was once again four. Three three and a half is a big number. I mean that with the way that teams pick matchups and try to avoid guys they don't like that sort of thing. That's a huge number. I'm going to go with the under here. Yeah, only 22 guys in the nation had four or more last year. And they're not – and those guys are guys that got thrown – usually they're safeties that are going to get that number because when corners start to get, you know, get that, that ball hawkish, teams start to avoid them. The only person that's done this since uh, Mac Brown's return is uh, Cam Kelly, like you mentioned, the safety. Are we there still? We're there. We had dead air there for a second. Sounded like everything went dead to me there for a while. We might have lost Tommy. I think Tommy froze. So, Buck, all right, Buck. 
I'll, I'll take over your... hosting. <laughs> well, I'm going to go. Uh, Y'all about got me talked out of this, but I'm still going to stick with the uh, the over. Um, here, here's something that's, that's really crazy to me, that in 2015, UNC had 17 interceptions with Gene Chizik, and they had MJ Stewart and Des Lawrence, two pretty good corners. Um, the next year, 2016, with virtually the same players, they had one interception. <laughs> Somebody riddle that for me. So, uh, and plus, I, I'm, you know, from uh, the history of saying that uh, turnovers are pretty random anyway. But I, I just feel like uh, this is a gut thing for me here. I, he's going to get over uh, three interceptions. He's, he'll yeah. get at least four. And, and Buck, that was Dominic Green, who's a safety, and that was a fluke play against the FCS team, like the second last that. game of the year, too. Yeah, seventeen the year before. Yep. Some of it has to do with the quality of quarterbacks and offenses you play against as well. So you know. That, that can change year to year. And if you're playing a, a bunch of guys that don't throw a bunch of picks, that, that can change that outlook. Yeah. I, I don't want to go over my time, but it's, it's also going to depend upon uh, whether North Carolina can approve against the run. Because if they can improve against the run, that's going to uh, force the issue a little bit with the ball in the air for other teams. So we'll see. Buck, yep. we're staying with you on this one. Last year, the North Carolina running backs had 17 uh, touchdowns. What's your pick? 18 over-under rushing touchdowns for the running backs. Yeah, I, I, I'll be shocked if anybody goes under on this. Um, I, I'm going to go over um, just because um, Hampton and Brooks are right now, both full speed. Uh, they, they keep talking about how they're going to, they're focusing on being better in the red zone, and I think that means running the ball. And so I'm just thinking that uh, they're going to try to run May less. Uh, if anybody goes under on this, you you got plenty of nerve, I think. They had 18 last year. They'll have at least that many this year. Jason? Oh, this is a hard one, actually. I mean, I know Buck just said, you know, if anybody goes under here, this is – I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm going to go under is even going back to 2021 with, with Ty Chandler, they had 13 from Ty Chandler, four from British Brooks, one from Hood, and, and that was it. So that's, that's 18 on the nose there. So the last two years they've been under this number. And the other reason that I'm thinking here is I think they're going to try, you know, if you've got a, a quarterback in Heisman contention, I wouldn't be surprised if in certain opportunities in the red zone, Drake may gets a little, a few extra opportunities to throw one or run one in. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the under here, even though I do think the running game is going to be a little, a little bit better. Buck issued a challenge and Jason immediately went against him. I know better than to go against Buck. I'm, I'm taking the over. I think with Carolina's running backs healthy, uh, there's, been a more emphasis on the run game. You bring in Freddie Kitchens, you bring in um, Chip Lindsey, Phil Longo leaves. Carolina wants to be better in the red zone. Uh, and I, I think one of the lines that kind of stuck out to me from the all access was 
I think it was Freddie Kitchens who was saying, like, you have to be able to run when teams know you're going to run. And that's something that Carolina has struggled with in the past. Uh, and I think that's something that they can kind of fix and, and correct pretty easily this year. Can they do that with the current with the current personnel on the offensive line is the real question there. Yeah, I think I think Brooks can kind of that's why I'm not as high on Petaway and Hampton just because I, I do have concerns about their vision. But I think somebody like Hood and um, like British Brooks can maybe um, make up for Carolina's offensive line not being the best. Uh, to add a little bit of, of context to what Jason said, talking about the difficulty, how's this just for some, some silliness? That 2019 team had Michael Carter, Javante Williams, and Antonio Williams at running back. They had seven combined rushing touchdowns against FBS competition that year. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. That's wild. Um, I'm going to go over, uh, I don't know that it's a slam dunk for, for reasons already stated, but I, I do agree with Buck that um, I, well, I think Drake was still going to run the ball some, and I know we'll get into that more here in a bit. Uh, I think this group of running backs is a year older. Uh, they had some serious injuries last year. British and Caleb Hood were banged up all year, so they were really leaning on inexperienced guys. I think you'll see increased production. Uh, less of a need for Drake to run quite as much. I think there's an emphasis on running power football in the red zone. And so just because of that, I think Carolina will be in the twenties in terms of running back touchdowns. All right. We're going to bring Tommy back in. If anybody lives in Clayton, go knock on Tommy's door, check on him, make sure he's okay. We got Tommy back. Are you, are you with us, Tommy? Yeah, I can see you. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, you're up. It's over under running back uh, touchdowns. The number's at 18. What was it last year? 18. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over 18 running back touchdowns. I, I think that they're gonna force the issue there more so than Longo did. So I'll go over. And I, I have no idea. I've never lost internet during a live show. Will it happen now? So. First time for everything, but definitely over on the running back touchdowns. All right. I'm going to go with the under. That seems like a really high number, uh, especially with Drake May as your quarterback. One of Drake May's sneaky good skills is that he's a very good QB sneak artist. You don't always do that on the goal line, right? But he could you know, steal a few. He's very mobile in the red zone. Let's see. The inside Carolina community pick. Uh, he, uh, the group took over at 67%. So I'll put in the over here. We jumped down to this category. This is actually my favorite one. So I want to give a shout out, uh, to the person who provided this one, Cub3 on the message board. And I think this is a really creative one. Drake May's placement in Heisman voting. Uh, so if you pick the under, you're saying he is one through four. So he's basically invited to New York. You pick the over. You're kind of saying he, he did exactly what he did last season. The inside Carolina community with a resounding under, they believe in Drake May. I'm going to pick over here just because I believe UNC doesn't have the team quality to get Drake May 
to New York, even if his stats are really good like they were last year. Tommy, what's your take on this one? So under means he finishes first through fourth. Over means it's sixth or above. I'm going to go under. I I think Drake has a big year. I think North Carolina, um, if they can get to nine wins, which I think is where my over-under line would be for this team, I I think Drake will get an invite. There's too much hype. There's too much, you know, the all-access today was all about, you know, Drake this and Drake that, and it's justified. But I think that with the hype, as long as he has a good year, a really good year. North Carolina has a nine-plus win season. Then I think Drake gets to New York, so I'm going under. Let's see. Greg, you're up. Since Charlie Choo-Choo Justice finished second in Heisman voting in back-to-back years in 1949 and 1950, uh, how many Carolina players have finished uh, top five in Heisman voting? Am I none? One. Zero. So Drake May finished 10th last <laughs> year in the voting. Uh, he was one of only four players to finish inside the top 10, none of which were, were in the top five uh, dating back to 1950. And as everybody listening knows, everybody here on the panel knows, uh, it is entirely tied to success. So I, I really think the only way Drake May finishes – top five is if Carolina is back in the ACC championship game and they're in contention for a college football playoff bid. I, I just think that's what it's going to take. And so because of that, I'm taking the over. I easily could see him finish top 10 again, better than what he did last year. I just don't know that Carolina is going to have a good enough season for him to be a legitimate Heisman candidate uh, at the end of the year. Greg, let me interject here. You don't think that all the the hype at the preseason stuff, it it felt like last year everybody sat and waited for North Carolina to fall off the map and then forgot, basically forgot about what Drake did. But now he starts from a higher level. He starts from number two quarterback, if we're talking about Caleb Williams out of USC. You don't think that um, makes it easier for him to finish higher? Not necessarily, because if you look at the first half of last year, I mean, May was on pace to break all kinds of records. Uh, We had done a story midway through the year, and he was right in line with Jameis Winston and Trevor Lawrence in terms of ACC records as a freshman and as just a quarterback in general. Um, And he kind of fell off that late in the year. So I think the way that he started, he made up a lot of ground, and because he was a freshman, that brought a lot of extra attention especially the App State game, because that was a fun one to watch. Um, so I think he was able to make up a lot of that ground. It does it does help anytime you have a foundation of hype in the offseason, for sure. But even if you look at look at the betting odds, he's not top five right now, at least last I saw. There's a lot of other guys for teams that are projected to be better than Carolina that are up there, because ultimately Heisman's success is entirely tied to how well a, a player – uh, his team does. Uh, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but the majority of Heisman winners the last 25 years have played for a team that won a conference championship. And that's what it's going to take. Lamar Jackson, right? Eight and four. Correct. He's so, one of the exceptions. Him, Tim Tebow, uh, Griffin, 
all these guys who were like eye candy that everybody just loved. And I don't know that Drake necessarily has that quality. Jason, what you, well, no, Taylor, what you think? And I can't barely see my spreadsheet on my phone, so I apologize. But, Taylor, you're up. Yeah, I'm taking the over here. I think Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in, in all of college football. But like a lot of people said, I don't think this North Carolina team is exactly where some of the other quarterbacks are. And you look around the country, Greg mentioned the odds. Uh, Drake May on DraftKings is in a four-way tie for, for sixth place. There are a lot of good quarterbacks across the country. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers, Cade Klubnik, Jordan Travis, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, Bo Nix, Sam Hartman. All those guys have odds that are the same or better um, than Drake may. So it, I think I think Drake is going to have the numbers to put himself in New York, but I don't think this North Carolina team is going to have the success to put him in New York. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. That's a lot of quality quarterbacks there. Jason, your thoughts here? I'm going under. Uh, I think he will be in in New York. And uh, I think he would have been in New York last year if ultimately the offense hadn't crapped the bed once he got national attention. So, you know, even if they'd lost a couple games, if they'd lost those games with the offense running wild and May putting up big numbers against Georgia Tech, NC State, and in the uh, ACC championship game, I think he is. I think he's in New York last year. But the the issue last year was that that the perception was that you know he was he was one of the front runners. He might have been the front runner going into the Georgia Tech game. I mean, there was a lot of national buzz about him at that point. And then the offense laid laid an egg. And then there was another turd against NC State. And then you know they didn't they struggled against against Clemson. And you had a uh, 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 showing that didn't look as good in that one. So I think that's that's really what it boils down to. If he's able to play at consistently at the level that he did up until the last three weeks of last year, and he he matched that level again in the uh, in the bowl game, I think he makes it there. I will say that this is my, I'm going to put a caveat on this. This is a, this is assuming that Tez Walker's waiver. Uh, I was, I was going to ask you that as a follow up. Yeah, this is yeah. assuming that Tez Walker's waiver. Uh, 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 is overturned or, or that, that he, that he gets that Tez Walker plays Tez Walker doesn't play. I think this is a much harder, harder thing. I agree with that. Buck, your thoughts here on Drake may over under fifth in the Heisman race. Buck might be muted, but muted. I can't see it. He's muted. <laughs> Buck, you muted. John, can you unmute? Still muted. <laughs> there we go. There we oh, go. There it is. I, right. I, I was, I was age, overdue for off, one. So. I haven't. I haven't muted myself out of a conversation in I don't know twenty podcasts the, uh, lately. So yeah, same thing that Tommy said. Um, and uh, Jason, I agree with them. I totally get the the restriction that North Carolina is going to have to have a decent year, but uh, I'm still going to go with the under. All right. We're going to go here a little bit of a bundle. So we're asking you to pick uh, over under Drake may rushes and uh, Drake may rush touchdowns together. Jason, do you want to explain what we want to do? What type of rushes these are uh, for Drake? 
so this is total ru- total rushes from scrimmage. So this is not just runs on run plays. This includes scrambles and sacks. Okay. So with that in mind, Buck, make your picks for both of these categories here. Um, he's going to have over 100 carries. Um, if he gets sacked 40 times, he only needs 60 more attempts to hit that 100 number. Um, and Russian TDs. You know, uh, John Bauman's almost got me convinced to go with the uh, the over, but I'm going to go with the under. That uh, was my original thought, and so I'm going to stick with it. Um, I, I, I do just think they're going to try to have him run the ball less if they can, and I think they have some power hitters around the end zone um, that uh, they can utilize instead of him, try and keep him healthy at least. Jason, both categories. Same for me, over and under. I think. I mean, the way he plays football, it's going to be hard to keep him under 100 carries, <laughs> just in terms of how he likes to scramble and all that. Uh, they'll they'll have him run fewer times than they did last year. I mean, he had 160 some, what 100 and 163 carries, I think it was uh, last year in the regular season, 184 total. I think he'll be a good bit under that, but keeping him under a, under 100 is going to be, you know. That'd be that'd be Dean Smith, Michael Jordan level, uh, putting the handcuffs on him, and I don't think they're going to do that. And I, I don't think getting over seven. He had seven last year, including the bowl, and that was one in the bowl. And I don't think he'll get to he'll get to that number this year. Uh, Taylor, you're up. I, I assume I'm back on here. My internet came back, so now I can actually see what we're talking about. Taylor, um, this Drake May bundle here over under 100 rushes. Over under seven touchdowns. I'm going to follow the trend and go over under. I think with the carries, Drake May, is, he's just a gamer. I think Carolina is going to be more willing to to move the pocket around for him. I think that could kind of play um, into him taking off more. Uh, but I, I do think Carolina is going to have more of an emphasis on, on the running backs inside the red zone. And you have somebody like British Brooks coming back from an injury and all of a sudden, you don't need your quarterback to to run as much as as he did last year. Is anybody going? Is anybody going with something other than over under here? Yeah, I will. Oh, this is the first time me and Greg have gone different. God, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, you were holding Taylor, serve. You were riding some coattails of Greg Barnes. Y'all got to split up here. <laughs> I was going to be a uh... half the picks I was picking first. Half the picks he was picking first. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Valid. I'll be the contrarian here. Uh, the first one, I agree with everybody. I'm going to go over. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out to listeners, last year Central Florida, Plum Lee was their starting quarterback. He had 159 carries. And then if you go back to Chip Lindsey's best season uh, at Auburn when he was calling all the plays in 2017, that was a team that, that won the SEC West, Boston, Georgia, and the SEC Championship game. Jarrett Stidham was the quarterback of that team. He was not known as a runner whatsoever. He had 103 carries. Uh, so I think over is the easy one. And I'm going to go over Drake May's seven touchdowns. Um, just because seven touchdowns is not a lot. Uh, and I just, you know, that you're talking about one every two games, you know, a little bit more than that. Uh, let's do it. I, I think he could easily get eight or nine, and it's not going to be much different than what we saw last year. Whew. I get to go against Greg Barnes. I'm going over. There's not a chance. Well, there is a chance, but we will not speak of that, that he goes under 100 yards. Yeah, these all presume 
what what matters most there, so which yes. we will not talk about. Absolutely. So he he will definitely exceed 100 rushes. I'm going to go under the seven rushing touchdowns simply because I think they're going to force feed the running backs. Now, if you get to what mid October and the running backs aren't getting it done, then I think maybe you go full Drake May mode, and he goes over that. But I just think um, with the you know, they're talking about the running game. Got to run the ball better. Got to do this. Got to run it better in red zone. I think that precludes Drake May getting as many touchdowns as he had last year. What you got, John? Well, I think we should give some credit to the Inside Carolina Votes community. They went the under here, but they might not have known the exact uh, calculations we used. I'm guessing what they thought was maybe just less designed runs for Drake May. So we'll give them a mulligan there. Um they went uh, inside Carolina community, went under on Drake May rush TDs as well. I'm going slightly contrarian with Greg. I'm going over on Drake May rush TDs. Tommy, ad break? Yep, need to talk about Johnny T-shirt. I want to throw up a mm. comment here. Woo. Tyler Wood said, over under 250 viewers tonight. We are currently at around 240-ish, um, but I think we topped out at over 250. Um, so if you, pick, if you picked either one, you, you won. You know, <laughs> If you think you can do something or you think you cannot do something, you're right. Well, we were over 250 at one point. But Johnny T-Shirt's our sponsor, and they're the ones you guys need to be checking out. It's almost football season. It starts in, what, nine days. you got plenty of time to either order from Johnny T-Shirt or get it, on, get it online or get there in person and go see them on Franklin Street. Great sponsors of this podcast. They've been with us for a long, long time. We need to support them as much as possible. Local businesses need all the support you can get. They're alumni-owned and operated, of course, and they've got every single thing you could possibly want, and they're always having sales. Got some great football jerseys, great football shirts, hats, anything. Go check them out. Wear that swag when you go to Charlotte. If you don't get to Charlotte, get it. Wear it for App State and Minnesota coming up in the coming weeks. But Johnny T-Shirt's the place you need to get it. And then you get 10% off your order if you uh, Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. Sounds like a good deal to me. Come right back. National guys will pay the bills. It's the Over Under Podcast 2023 with the Inside Carolina Roundtable game. All right, guys, let's get back into it. Um, let's start the snake over. So let's start with go back and start with Buck here. Two running backs – and this is where it'd be funny if we compared last year's to this. But two running backs, Buck, with over 500 yards or with 500 yards rushing or more. Does it happen? Over or under two running backs, 500 yards rushing? First, I'm uh, confused about why this should be an even number and everybody, everything else is like 1.5. How did y'all decide on that? We'll go 500.5. <laughs> well, anyway, I do um, want to give a shout out. This was Smoke Pants on the message boards who uh, gave us this one. So shout out to Smoke Pants. Great name. Um, you know, I, I, yes, there's going to be at least two running backs with 500 yards. I mean, Hampton, who didn't play a lot, had 401 last year. Uh, so I, I don't see how um, this is going to be an issue. I think they're going to use three running backs uh, for most of the season if they can. Um, so I think two of them will get at least 500 yards. All right, Jason, this, this type of stuff right here is in your wheelhouse. I think I had Caleb Hood last year over 600 yards rushing 
on one of our over-unders, but does Carolina get two running backs with 500-plus? Drake May had, what, 700 last year after sacks? Jason, what do you think? This is a this is a really good number um, because as I'm looking at it, you know, last year they had they had none over 500. Elijah Green was the number one running back on the on the team with 452, and then Hampton at 398. the 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 big question here is: Are they going to be able to narrow it down to two or three guys that are going to get the bulk of the of, of the carries this year, or is it going to be five guys that end up getting it? I think they are going to narrow it down. So I think I'm going to go with the over here. So I, I think, well, two means, so I'm, I'm a little confused about the over under here because does that mean like, does over mean two or does over mean three? We could say you could do under over or push. If you think it's going to be exactly two, you can select. How about push. we go 1.5 running backs with over with, with 500 yards rushing. That works. That makes more sense. I think that's what Buck was getting at. And, I'm going to go with I think I think they're going to have two guys with over 500 yards rushing in addition to Drake May if if May goes over but I, I think the emphasis on running the football with the running backs is going to wind up with two. Taylor Vipolis running backs now it is at, set at 1.5 running backs with 500 yards rushing or more. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I think there's too many options for Carolina in their running back room to, to not hit this and, and not find two or three guys out of the, the five. And none of their running backs did it last year. But if you take Elijah Green's average over the last like five or six games, whatever it was, when he started to kind of get in that groove, that put that would have put him at like 854 for the total year. And obviously he's, he, he might not have that entire success over 12 games, but I feel like that's enough wiggle room for two people to get to that number. And I, I, I do like Carolina's running back options. Yeah, I'm on – no, Greg, you're up. I had a good point, and I'll probably forget it. But, Greg, you're going to nail it anyway. <laughs> well, I, I agree with everything Buck, Jason, and Taylor have said, so I'll, I'll jump on my soapbox about this a little bit. I've discussed, discussed, discussed this on the message boards quite a bit this summer. A lot of people want to bang on Phil Longo for uh, not being very creative in the run game, and there's some legitimacy there because he has kind of a very simple approach to offense. But when you compare what he had last year compared to what he had the previous years with Javante and Michael Carter and Ty Chandler, one of the reasons the, uh, the running game struggled so much last year is because Bruce Brooks was hurt, because Caleb Hood was hurt, because he was having to rely on young guys like Petaway and Amario Hampton who were true freshmen. And then other guys like Elijah Green who just hadn't played much. And as the year went along, uh, Elijah started to get better and some of the other guys came along. So I really think last year was more about just the, the lack of experienced talent in the running back room. And to Taylor's point, now you have all those guys healthy. Now they've got a year more under their belt um, and so I, I think the running back room will be better by default uh, just because of how things played out last year. I think for me, and Mac made the point in a press conference and we saw it, somebody would have a good game or a good game and a half or two games and then get hurt or something would happen. And Elijah Green was really the only one that strung together more than 
you know, a couple games worth of snaps. And, of course, British was out all year. I'm going to go over here um, simply because, and I'm no math person. I don't do math. But 500 yards in 12 games doesn't seem that difficult um, to me. What is that, 40 yards a game or something like that? Some, yeah, I mean, that's easy for these guys to do. It's like 43 yards a game, my, my guesstimate. Greg, how many teams in the country had two guys go over 500 last year? Do you have any idea? We ought to take a look at that. I don't know. I, I did look at Central Florida, and they had two guys, two running backs, who both went over 700 yards. But I don't know what the total is nationwide. Well, and, and I'm going to take a quick look. I'll come, in, I'll come in with that later. Yeah, and it also applies to how, many, how much is Drake going to run it? You know, because if you have him running for six, 700 yards and you run for – 2,000, 2,200 for the team. That doesn't leave as much there. So, anyway, John, your thoughts here. Are you going to the island or are you going with the flow? First of all, the inside Carolina community uh, agrees with everyone here. They went with the over, even with the adjustment on the line. I'm going to be on an island. The reason why, just because UNC has so much depth in the running back room, Maybe it's a situation where one guy stands out, he gets 900 or 1,000 yards, and then there's two or three with 400 or something. Mac Brown has talked about in the past trying to find the guy. So maybe by week three or week four, the guy emerges, and they rack up a lot of yards. This is also everyone is giving a big vote of confidence here somewhat, a slight vote of confidence to the offensive line, uh, which I maybe am not as bearish on there. So I'm going to go with the under here. Tommy, do you want me to swing down and do uh, this next one? And actually, you know what? I'm going to do – this is a tradition. I'm looking at the numbers here, Greg, in terms of how many teams in the conference had over had, had over one with, with 500. I'm going to go with the under here. I'm changing my pick. Uh-oh. Valid. We, we had not moved on to the next topic, so it is what – was the, What was the answer to that, Jason? How so many? I'm, I'm looking at this. You've got uh, – uh, I'm I'm still totaling it up, but it's not many because only 20 guys in the conference went over 500 yards last year, and that includes quarterbacks. 20 guys total in the ACC, including quarterbacks, went over 500 yards rushing. Yes, and that includes one, two, three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. So 16 running backs went over 500 yards last year. So Clemson had two. Florida State had two, uh, and Duke had two. Duke had two, and Wake Forest had two. I'm sticking with my over. And Miami had two. That's right. So my Miami had two. Yep. Jeez. So that means Florida State teams without. Oh well, yeah. Florida State had. Florida State had two. So that's what five teams. That's more than that, I think. But anyway. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna waffle one more time then I'm gonna go with the over it just doesn't it, it's uncom- wow. it's uncomfortable it's wow. a good number it's a good number I'm I'm it's I'm a waiting. good number I'm I was waiting. feeling really good about myself I was like I brought Jason onto my side and then I'm, I'm back on it yeah it's that's, okay. that's a tough number because it you you really do have to get two guys out of that five that that really step forward it is and, and you know and you know I, I want to jump in real that's quick if I can because uh, this relates to Drake May. Uh, rushing for six or seven touchdowns as well as the running backs. Um, when uh, North Carolina had 
Michael Carter and Javante Williams, which I'm not saying they have those guys this year, but uh, Sam Harrell only ran for five or six touchdowns in um, 21. Is that right? Or 20 and 20, 21. He had a lot, but uh, in 2020 and 2019, he had single uh, like five touchdowns. I think one year he only had one rushing touchdown in 2019. So uh, I think North Carolina is going to lean in to using the running backs if those running backs produce. And I think this group of running backs has a chance to produce. Interesting take. John, take us into the – wait a minute. Is everybody set? Because once we move to the next, it is locked. (laughs) Everybody good? I'm staking with mine. Jason has gotten back. Somebody said, uh, "Hunter, shout out to Hunter Pierce. It's the Waffle House. Maybe we we'll ask for a sponsorship." <laughs> hey, I would go with a sponsorship from Waffle House every day of the week. Oh, that is great, Waffle House. I, I, Waffle if you're House. Listening. If you're listening, I will. I will just do for the food. That's it. <laughs> well, Jason. you get usually get a sideshow there. There's usually a fight at the Waffle House house too. <laughs> If my uh, where, social media feed is <laughs> accurate, you got to uh, you got to wear a vest to go to the Waffle House. Some of the places where I'm from. All right, John B, take us to the uh, to, to the next ones. It's the wide receivers. I'll let you lead this one. So first of all, the inside Carolina community, seventy-eight percent uh, went with the over here. I'm going with the over as well. The key there is including wide receivers and tight ends. Everyone, as you're making your pick to call out uh, whether or not you're, you're including Tez Walker, it feels like so far tonight we have excluded Tez from these conversations. So just sort of keep that in mind as you're making your picks. Tommy, you're up next. That, that, that's an interesting number. Um, I'm going to include Tez, and I'm going to say over. And I think it'll be – three wide receivers, no, two wide receivers and two tight ends. I'm on include Tez there. Taylor or Greg, what you got? Uh, here's a pop quiz. How many times in the last 15 years has UNC had more than three wide receivers and tight ends gain 500-plus yards receiving? Well, a couple of years ago, you had Daz and Diami had over a thousand. That's right. The answer is zero. Hmm. Um, <laughs> only five times in those fifteen years has Carolina had three guys with at least five hundred, and one of those years you had to include a bowl game. Uh, this is very difficult to do, and part of that is uh, you. Carolina is a good example in terms of you play the same guys a lot. You Antoine Green and Josh Downs shoot up a lot of yardage. To your point, Tommy. Uh, when you had Newsom and Deami Brown, those were two key guys, and they got the bulk of the uh, the receiving yards. So I'm I'm going under here. I think Drake spreads it a lot better than Sam did, um, and that's that's part of the reason. And I think Copenhaver is tight end, has stepped up. And I'm, anyway, I'm gonna stick with my guns. Taylor, what you got here? Three and a half over under. Yeah, I think. Uh... I'm going to take the under. I think if Tez Walker plays Tez and Nate, you'll probably get a third person, whether it's J. 
JJ Jones or, or a tight end, but I don't see um, two more, two more adding to that. I think one of the things with the tight end is they kind of take away uh, a lot of targets from each other. Jason, this is, this is under and, and for me, and, and for me, the, the bigger question is whether it should be over or under two and a half. I'm not sure I wouldn't go under two and a half. With Walker playing, you would consider under two and a half. Yeah, especially with Walker playing, because I think if Walker plays, he's going to eat up a thousand, you know, twelve hundred yards himself. Yep. And then, and then you're going to have Nate McCollum probably go close to a thousand or maybe more. So you have two one thousand yard wide receivers, and now you're dividing. You know, let's say Drake throws for four thousand, you got two guys with you know twenty five hundred of that. Now you're splitting the other fifteen hundred among about six seven guys. So that, that's, that's really tough. I, I think this is the under. Okay, Buck, let me interject here. I'm going to use a token, change my vote, uh, John, to under. I'm joining the Waffle House crew, <laughs> and I'm going under three and a half. All-star specials look tasting pretty good tonight. <laughs> Just don't burn my bacon. Buck, who you got on the wide receivers? Three and a half with 500 or more. Well, uh, I'm not going to leave John Bauman out there on an island by himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with it over, um, you know, JJ Jones had 434 yards last year. He would have been the fourth guy a year ago. Um, and he had over 400 in the regular season. So, um, I just think that, um, and I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm counting Tez plan or not, but I think, um, I think probably JJ Jones or, and, uh, Nesbitt and Tez and McCullum, they stay healthy. Uh, they'll all get over 500 yards. And Tommy Nesbitt got his yardage. He got over 500 in the postseason last year. So Carolina technically only had two over 500 in the regular season last year. It's going to be a challenge. We talked about Chip Lindsey's, uh, the pressure Chip Lindsey's under to keep this offense rolling. We'll see how his presence affects it. But um, I, I'm satisfied with my waffle. I'm on my waffle to under. I'll leave it there. 25 receptions. Buck, you're going to start this one off. Andre Green Jr. Um, certainly has all the physical talent. Can he step up and, and do it on the field, get the opportunity, and then come through on the field? 25 receptions for Andre Green Jr. over under Buck. This will be – he'll be one of our message board uh, legends, I think, as the season goes. Well, this particular over under, I think, does depend on whether Tez plays or not. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I'm going to throw that in. You could put an asterisk by my uh, – comment but uh i'm gonna go over but that depends if tess walker doesn't play let's all assume that tess walker doesn't play because i think this that makes this one a lot more of a competitive one so are we saying no tess walker it, since that's the case we'll give the number at 25 here so here, here's the question if if tess walker plays does anybody actually think he goes over 25 uh, does, no. i don't think so over? no no i don't think no. so no Okay, so we can just put that that asterisk on the category itself. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. 
without Walker. I tell you what, he, he, he passes the look test for a wide receiver. I'll give him that. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty. But we, we got a lot of guys like that, don't we? <laughs> On this podcast especially. Jason, who you got? <laughs> <laughs> you got – so – and we'll we'll go against what we've said on the last one, assuming Tez does not play. Andre Green receptions. So I'm gonna go with under. Reason being, last year the number six uh, the, the the fifth most receptions on the team was JJ Jones with twenty five. Twenty two. Regular season. He'd have to work to get that. And that's just, if they play six. And that's with Copenhaver only having 12. And I bet my hat Copenhaver has more than 12 this year. Yep, I think Copenhaver easily doubles that 12. So, ultimately, I mean, I think I think it's going to be close. If he doubles that 12, though, Jason, does Nesbitt get 35 and Morales get 30? Uh, Nesbitt had 30 last season in the regular season. So, yeah, he'd be down probably to 25 or 20, somewhere in there. So some of that would come away from the other tight ends for sure. But the bottom line is those tight ends are eating up some of those those receptions. And, I mean, I think this is a really good number if Tez doesn't play. It's real close, but I'm going to go with the under. Somebody in the chat said it should be 24 and a half. I, I tend to agree. Go with um, 24 and a half. That's fine. Yeah. Just to make it an still, odd I'm number. still I'm still going with under. Yep. Taylor, what you got? Andre Green Jr. Yeah, I'm going with the under. I think there was a reason why Carolina was so aggressive in, in the transfer portal, um, trying to find impact players at receiver. And I don't think Andre Green has to be I think a lot of fans think that he has to be on like a, a certain timeline because of his recruiting ranking. Um I think he's more than perfectly fine with where he's at entering his, his true sophomore season. And when you look at the depth chart, um, I think, I think JJ Jones is a better option right now. Kobe pace or Gavin Blackwell. Um, so I, I, I just think you're probably a year away before you're trying to consider Andre green a, as a number one option at receiver. I'd right. easily take the over. I'd easily take over the 35 for next year for green. Greg, what you got here? 24 and a half, Andre Green Jr. Yeah, I tend to agree with, with Jason and Taylor. Just, um, I mean, when you, as, as Jason kind of pointed out, when you look at last year, you're talking about Andre Green having a better season than Gavin Blackwell, J.J. Jones, Kobe Pesor. Those are the guys that he would have to have a better season than last year. And some of those guys had pretty good years. And I, I agree with Taylor that he's probably a year away. Um, typically wide receivers, they make noise in the preseason. And we've heard that about a couple guys, but not about Andre Green Jr. this year. Um, he's, you know, true sophomore. I don't think it's a big deal. I guess a redshirt freshman. Um, I don't think there's any concern with his development. I just don't think he's there yet. So I've got under. So, so I was going to say this in the wide receiver thing, um, I was going to say two and eight. We're going to play a lot and have a lot. And then uh, I saw this in the chat. <laughs> Do not count Kobe Pacer out. This is true. It, 
I think he's going to be really good and, and make some noise with or without Taz Walker on the field, especially if if that goes against North Carolina in the end. I'm going to go under here as well. Uh, you know, the guy we saw in the bowl game and, and made those catches in the bowl game, if he showed up every day and showed up like that in South Carolina, I think he could have a really good season. But it's a, like you guys are with the defense, it's a show-me type thing. Um, I just don't see him getting enough opportunities to get 25 receptions this year with or without Tez, but especially um, with Tez, no chance. Without Tez, I'm going to go with the under there as well. John? I'm going with the under here as well. The inside Carolina community on this one uh, was pretty resounding with the under. 73.5% went with the under. British Brooks, I'll jump down to this one. This one was a little bit closer when you look at the uh, inside Carolina community. Uh, with 59.7% of the vote, they went with the over. I do think this is an interesting number. It kind of forces you to think about whether or not you see British Brooks as UNC's number one back, uh, how you think about the rest of the running back room. So I'm looking forward to what everyone else thinks here. Uh, for me, I don't think British Brooks is uh, the guy at this stage, especially with what else UNC has in the running back room. So not saying he's going to get zero yards, but I'm going with the under on 500. Tommy. I'm going with the under as well, even though I will give credit to Jason when we talked about uh, the shorts and T-shirts Olympics. Um, he said British Brooks would give Amarion Hampton a run in the Olympia contest. Uh, I watched the All Access. I've seen British out there. That dude is jacked. Um, but I think his value to this team is in that running back room. Um, but also as a leader and also on special teams if he's there. I'm going to go under 500 yards just because simply I think they're going to play too too many. Uh, if they settle on two guys, then we can talk. But that's another one of those things that I believe when I see if they can find two that get healthy. I'm going under 500 for British Brooks. But I do think his value is, is all over the field in the third phase of the game for North Carolina. Greg? I agree with every single thing John and Tommy just said. But British Brooks is a Ashbrook green wave, uh, and those Gastonia types tend to stick together, so I'm going over. <laughs> First of all, Greg, Greg Barnes agreed with us, John Bowman, and then went opposite of what we said. <laughs> Taylor, you got what you got? Yeah, I'm going to go over two. Uh, the only thing that makes me a bit hesitant is how many options Carolina does have at running back and the fact that British Brooks is coming off missing an entire season um, due to a knee injury. But like somebody in the chat just said, I, I do think he is Carolina's most complete back. Um, so I, I think he has that kind of fast track to be uh, that starting running back. Jason Staples, British Brooks. Just so I don't contradict my own self in the uh, in my scouting report, I'm checking what I put. Um, I've got him over. I've got him around. Uh, yeah, I've got him in, in the over. So I've got to, I've got to go over here just so I'm consistent. Right. So sounds like John and I are currently on an island. Buck, are you going to join us? Or are you going yes. with the smart guys? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the over people. And uh, here's why. 
uh, the last two press conferences, um, well, one done by Chip Lindsey uh, and one done by uh, Randy Clements, when they were asked about running backs, the very first name out of their mouth was British Brooks, both occasions. Um, so he is certainly somebody they are thinking about hard. So uh, I'm going to go with over 500 yards. Uh, the way I have it playing out in my mind is some combination of British Brooks and or um, Caleb Hood or o Morian Hampton plus Elijah Green. Uh, two of those three will play a lot. It just depends on um, – and it's going to depend on the health of the players too, obviously, but I'm going to with it over. Yeah. I uh, I think at this these next two we're gonna bundle them. So Travis Shaw snaps and Zach Rice snaps, two five star recruits, two fan favorites on the message boards. We're gonna bundle these. So Buck, uh, both answers for this one on the over under with snap counts. Well, um, I guess we need to do half numbers too. By the way, John. So anyway, if if Travis Shaw if he plays exactly three hundred and fifty <laughs> snaps, I'll buy you lunch. Huh. Keeping the number. All right, you hear those well, coaches? Uh, I need Travis right at three feet you know, because we're going to Ruth Chris for lunch or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the the Travis Shaw is is an interesting one because if you look at the depth chart right now, he's third on the depth depth chart at nose tackle. Uh, he's got Kevin Hester um, and uh, Tamari Fox ahead of him at nose tackle. Um, so I think it's going to be hard uh, to get that many snaps for if he stays third team. The, the issue is he had 156 last year snaps. Um, and the only way I think he beats that 350 number is if he just overwhelms the depth chart. He just blooms and emerges and becomes too good to keep off the field, uh, which could happen. But looking at it logically, you wouldn't expect the third team uh, nose tackle to get 350 snaps. So I'm going to go with the under there. Zach Rice, 150 snaps. You know, I was going to go over here, but I I'm not certain anymore. Um, just looking at the, uh, the snap counts for offensive linemen, uh, Jonathan Adorno, who was the sixth, had the sixth most start, I mean, snaps, had 215. And I don't know how many of those were in the bowl game. But um, unless, you know, uh, that they really do have eight guys that they feel like they can trust on the offensive line, I don't see 150 snaps for – uh, Zach Rice. Um, so that's where I'm at on those two. All right, Jason. 350 snaps is uh, over 12 games. Any idea how many that is a, a per game? This is a silly number. It's like 30 a game, isn't it? That's 29 and change a game. That's that's right under 30 a game. I mean, that I I might take under that if if Travis Shaw was starting. Oh, that's what no, I'm thinking. serious. I like, if, he, if, he's, uh, if he's a starter 
at his size and all of that with the depth that they've got on, uh, at the defensive tackle position, you're hoping to get 25 to 30 good snaps from him and rotate him so that he stays really, you know, so that he has an impact on the game with him at the third spot. There, I, I just don't see how he, how he hits this number in 12 games. So th- that's an under and also an under for Zach Rice for me. Yep. I agree with all of that. Taylor. Uh, both unders. I think 350 is a lot. Uh, only played 123 in the regular season last year for, for Travis Shaw. And then uh, Zach Rice uh, under. Question, is anybody going to go over for Travis Shaw here? I am not. I don't think so. I don't think that number is a good number. Why don't we reset that? Let's, let's, let's look at – I think a good number there might be – like 225, right? Somewhere in there. So 225 is 18 snaps, just under 19 snaps a game. Does that change you, Buck? Um, you know, I, I don't think so. Um, if you look at the DL numbers from last year, uh, now I know that they probably want to play more uh, defensive linemen, but uh, – Kevin Hester had 516 snaps at um, nose tackle last year. That was third or fourth on the team. Um, so from there, you know, you got guys like uh, Vahasek had 173. Shaw had 156. Bingley Jones had 62. Keyshawn Silver had 25. And, you I'm know, I'd sure. probably still take the under. You and know, I'm taking I mean, the under, too. Uh at even at 225. So uh, I, I think that's a lot of snaps for a guy that is right now third on the depth chart. So is anybody taking over on the 225? No, but I'll, I'll just add this to kind of further those points. Um, <laughs> Let, let's give let's, let's give them some aspirational numbers. We'll leave it at 225. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fine. But North Carolina played – Average 71 defensive snaps a game last year. So, as Jason said, when you're talking about 19 snaps a game for Shaw, he's third string. You're talking about the first two uh, strings being Fox and Hester splitting 52 snaps. So, uh, but yeah, that's just the minimal amount of, uh, of snaps to kind of go around. Yeah, good number is probably 180 now that I think about it because that's 15 a game. And I'll say this about Zach Rice. All indications are he's just not ready. And he's still a young guy. He's a second-year kid. I understand people see the five-star ranking and expect him to be great out of the box. Some guys, it takes a while. William Barnes, it took a while. So it doesn't mean he's you know, he was a bust or anything like that yet. It's way too early for that. He's just not ready quite yet. Yeah, I, at the numbers that are showing, I'm going under, under. Um, you know, I think Shaw and somebody I was just about to say it, so Silver Freak said it, uh, Shaw 10 snaps a game would, would be ideal, I think, for for what he can do. You know, you don't want those guys playing a ton of snaps, and Shaw, quite frankly, hadn't shown that he's had the ability yet. Now, he's lost a ton of weight in the offseason and gotten better shape, um, but to – you know, our first number was a little ridiculous. I if think- the if the switch gets flipped for for Shaw though, he he could easily blow past 
whatever the the last number that was set 180 i yeah, think I, 180 I started, that's out, I, I started out by saying that i mean the only way that happens is if he blows up blows up the depth chart i mean he could overwhelm the depth chart he's got that much talent but yeah is that I, switch going to flip this year or not i don't know we yeah, don't I, we can't predict that i don't think i think he can be dominant and still only play 15 snaps a game though accurate that's that's my view as well i agree with that yeah so i'm going under under on both and to greg's point on zach rice one thing i did like to see he's feisty and he's he's not afraid to swing on travis shaw and vice versa i mean that's you want those nasty guys um but they've got so many guys on the offensive line that with more experience and you know more ability at this point to put it all together and get on the field. So I'm going under, under. John, what you got? Let's sort of speed them up. We're pushing an hour and a half. Shout out to everybody that has uh, stayed here. We've been well over 200 for an hour and a half now. Speaks to the Inside Carolina crowd and how much you guys love football, to quote a coach. John these B. Are, these are the last two. So we have, we have hit the home stretch here. We're going to bundle these as well so you can use up all your – your tokens and, and give us what you want uh, for both of these. We'll start with the inside Carolina community over uh, on, on the points here uh, for offensive points. And then defensively, uh, the, everyone is still going under here with these two numbers. Uh, myself, I'm going to go under on the offensive points per game and over on the defensive points per game. Uh, the Chip Lindsay offense, I think, is going to look a lot different than the offenses that UNC fans have become accustomed to under Phil Long the last four years, maybe a little bit less explosive. And then, you know, it depends on whether or not you're buying uh, the defensive hype uh, in, in, in this season. I'm going the over there. Tommy, bring us home. What are your picks for these last two? I'm going over on the numbers, on the offensive numbers. Uh, you just – it's Drake May – those skill positions and the ability of – if Drake was a statue, then I would worry about that number. But Drake can move. So even if the offensive line's a little bit shaky, Drake can move enough and make throws. I think that's over on offense. I think on defense, I, if I could push it, I'd say I'd push it. But I'll go slightly under on defense for this reason. I think they're going to slow it down a little bit like they did later in the season. Um and run it that way all year. So I'm going over on offense, under on defense, but by just that much. Greg, what you got? Yeah, so 33.5 points per game would, would be seventh best in school history. So we're talking about a lot of points. I think we need to make that clear from, from the get-go. Uh, I do think Drake Mays will have a better year. also think this offense will not be as explosive, to John's point. Uh, as Phil Long goes. Uh, so I think this is a really good number, and I'm going to have to go under. Uh, I think it's going to be very close to that mark, though. Uh, defensively, 28.5. That would be good for tied for 85th in the country last year, which is not really good. Uh, but it's better than last year, of course. So I've got under here. They, they've got to be better than that. Um, I don't think it would be much better. But just a number to throw out, 2019 – when North Carolina had nothing defensively other than Jason Strobridge and Aaron Crawford, uh, that defense, Jay Bateman's first one, gave up 23.7 points per game. 
I'm going to take the double over here. Um, I think Carolina's offense can still be pretty explosive, especially if you have somebody like Tez Walker and, and you have his ability to, to stretch the field vertically. I think the defense isn't going to be – I don't see the defense making this uh, a drastic turnaround. So I think the offense is going to have that pressure on them to um, win a lot of shootout-type games where, like last year, they, they turn to Drake May the last possession and say, hey, can you, can you save us and win us this game right here? Um, so I do think that leads to a lot of high-scoring games for this Carolina team. And until until the defense shows, you know, even the slightest bit of turnaround, uh, I, I just wouldn't bet on them. Jason, what you got? So this one's an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm kicking this back and forth. And I, I think this is one that Tez Walker really, really impacts. Um, anybody know what Carolina averaged last year? 34.4. Yeah, yeah. And in conference, what did they average? 30 maybe 29-9 so what this is really asking is is this offense going to be better than last year's points per game because they're going to need to be better to go over 33 and a half because last year remember last year in the non-conference this was your non-conference Florida A&M scored 63 at App State and then 35 at Georgia State Right now, you you also have Notre Dame on there, so thirty two against Notre Dame, that's good. But this year, you you say swap South Carolina for Notre Dame, then Minnesota for Georgia State, App State's the same, and then Campbell for uh, for Fam. That that starts to look pretty similar, but I think it might be a little tougher overall schedule defensively this year than last year. So it's yeah, I I think it's it's right. This is a really good number. Uh, I think without Tez Walker, I'm going to go under. Uh, with with Tez Walker, I would go over, but barely. So this is an under with an asterisk dependent on Tez Walker because uh, I do think he's worth a couple points a game for this offense. Uh, defensively, I think they're going to go under. Good take. Buck, bring us home, and I'll, I'll rapid fire a couple that folks have thrown out in the chat, but bring us home offensive points, defensive points. Well, I, I'm going to lean in to the advanced metrics people uh, on these two questions. The uh, SP Plus has UNC's offense at 37 points a game. Um, Phil Steele also does estimated um, offensive points average. He's got North Carolina at 36.2. Both of those are easily over 33.5. Both of those are I, presuming Tez, right? Yeah, I assume, yes. Uh, and the uh, – but they're both safely over that 33.5 number. Maybe not without Tez. But I'm going to take the uh, the over on the offensive points going with the SP Plus and with Phil Steele's uh, – his formulas and metrics. So I'm, I'm – that's where I'm basing my uh, answers there. On defensive points allowed per game, um, the SP Plus has them at 24.1, and Phil still has them at 25.9. Uh, 
again, both safely under the uh, over and under of 28.5. I, I think the reason why, um, two things, why on the defensive points first, why everybody or uh, several people chose the, uh, the over there is because we have beaten dog syndrome. I think Taylor Viplis has got it as bad as anybody. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and, uh, you know, on the offensive points per game, you, you got to look at it like everybody on this offense is back it, it, except for Josh Downs, you know, that's really counts now. Andre and the same Richards. Antoine green, you know, was a contributor, but even that is not going to be difficult to replace, but. You know, all the tight ends, all the other receivers, uh, and they added receivers, and Drake May, and the offensive line is missing one guy from last but, year. And they, but, a, they, but, they, but a draft pick at left tackle, so that's not a trivial loss. No, I wouldn't say it's a trivial loss, but still they got four out of five pieces back. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I think that's the reason why – the advanced metrics people are treating the offense the way they are. I think uh, SP Plus has North Carolina's the 16th best offense, somewhere in there, and um, 33.5 is not anywhere close to the 16th best offense. Uh, so that that's the reason for my rationale there. And I, I'm like Taylor that I have a little bit of beaten dog syndrome on Gene Chizik myself, but, um, you know, they – They've got talent and experience on that defense. If they can't get under 28.5, they need to fire that entire defensive staff. I'm just going to say it now. You know, they can't get there, and they might want to pull that plug midseason, you know, if if the defense doesn't look any better. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Told you to bring it home. You brought it home, my friend. The over-under podcast has come to a close. I had a couple in the chat. Um, folks asked, Garrett Chapman said, over-under 80% on field goals. Man, I don't even – I've seen too many missed field goals to go under. over that. Uh, Krebs asks, over-under on sacks given up, 41 and a half. That's got to be under. I, I mean, big one, Greg Barnes. I'll ask you this. You're not on the beat any longer. Shout-out to Adam and Jeremiah that are – covering that labor of love. NCAA breaks their silence on Tez Walker on or after September 2nd? Before or after September 2nd? <laughs> God. There's just no precedent to be able to make an accurate guess there. I, I would hope they would at least provide some closure to the situation before opening weekend, but who the hell knows with NCAA. Do they know the season's starting next Saturday? They're 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 prepping for the NCAA basketball tournament next March. So here's one here's one of the crazy things about this Uh-oh, here is comes the wormhole, folks. They're applying the this retroactive rule, right? They're not they're not allowing the grandfather you know them to grandfather in because Tez transferred in under expectation of one way that the rulings would typically go, and then they changed that guy in, in January after he after he transferred. And of course, their decision presumes 
well, we're going to apply the current rules, not the rules that you transferred under, not the not the the way that we did things under your your the way you transferred. But then Mason Smith at LSU is now going to have to serve a suspension in game one, which is a pretty big game for LSU for signing autographs in 2021, just before the NIL stuff came in. So they'll, they'll apply the old rule that he's under in that case to now, because he did it under the old rule, but then they, they, when they made these decisions for, for these guys that transferred in December, they're applying the current rule, not the rule that they transferred under whatever's best for the student athlete. Right. Yeah, I don't even know how to say it. Those commercials make me giggle every time I see them when the NCAA puts those out. Um, and so, we'll, folks, you'll know as soon as we know about Tez Walker and that decision. If you haven't checked out this the podcast in its entirety, it's a full thing will be on YouTube. And, of course, the audio version will be up as soon as possible. If you listen to this on the audio version, you miss John Bowman's great production skills with the spreadsheet and all. Maybe we can get a screenshot, put it on the story on Inside Carolina. Anything left, boys? Because the next time this group talks, it's the season prediction show. And that's where it goes down. I mean, it's about to go down Monday night. Buck, I'm getting I, I smell back. a 12 and 0 coming. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, knows? Well, I- I, I think Hunter Price uh, Pierce has got the right idea in chat to invite uh, NCAA to the Waffle House and uh, <laughs> over there in Johnson County and see if we can't talk to them. Boys, I'm not even going to that Waffle House after dark. It's not happening. It's been the Inside Carolina Over Under Show. It's been a fun time. We've kept you for an hour and 44 minutes. You could have watched a bad, scary movie in the time you've been checking us out on here. Check out all the content at Inside Carolina. Podcast week starts next week. Um, of course, we'll do this one on Monday night, season prediction show. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt. Shout out to Taylor Vipolis, Buck Sanders, Greg Barnes, Jason Staples, and producer John for making it all happen. Luke, over under 11 and a half wins. We'll answer that on Monday night. Join us at 9 o'clock. We'll be right there. Thanks, gentlemen. Everybody be safe. <laughs>